Are you letting God, by His Spirit, move your faith, not just to be a personal faith, but to allow you to be a vehicle for His love to reach the world? My friends, when Jesus said what the greatest in His kingdom was, what did He say? The servant of all. The Spirit of God makes us servants of the Most High God so that we could be His blessings into the world. Today's message examines the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Pastor Daniel reminds us that by accepting Jesus' gift of grace, we become servants of our Savior. We're also given the gift of the Holy Spirit to help teach us how we're to live in service and love. The Holy Spirit empowers us and guides us when we aren't sure where to turn and gives us the necessary strength and comfort to extend grace to people we meet. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Acts, chapter 2, with part 2 of his message, Empowered and Equipped. Satan loves to divide people. Divide you from God, divide you from other people. And you have to realize that in each one of your lives, there is a full-on onslaught to divide you from other people. And the best thing that the enemy can do in the people of God is to get us divided, which is why this doctrine of the Holy Spirit is such a divisive issue. Because if the people of God can't agree and fight about the work of the Holy Spirit, then there's disunity, which will be a lack of maturity, which will show the world that Jesus isn't real. That's why this is so important. That's why Satan, he wants the body of Christ to fight about the work of the Holy Spirit, Because he wants to keep us divided because a divided church does not look like Jesus is real. And so I love this. The the apostles are in one place under one accord. My friends, what do you have to do to be in one accord with the people in your family, in your marriages, in your homes, in our church? What do you have to do? It's always a question of coming to Jesus and allowing Jesus to humble us because division happens so easy, doesn't it? It happens so easy. But when you let the Spirit of God have you, he will humble you so that you will not be divisive, but you will be, you will be coming together with other people. Unity is important. Not unity at all costs, obviously. But when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all together. Now look what it says in verses 2, 3, and 4. It says, And suddenly there came the sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. My friends, we need to let the Spirit work outward. We need to let the spirit work outward because you notice in verses two, three, and four, we have these three manifestations, outward appearances of the work of the Holy Spirit. In verse two, we have the idea of wind. In verse three, we have the idea of fire. And then in verse four, we have the idea of speech. All outward 
manifestations of the work of the Holy Spirit. We have wind, fire, and speech. Now, all three of these have very rich biblical understandings. I mean, you have this idea first of wind, right? The Hebrew word for spirit in your Old Testament is the Hebrew word ruach, which literally means breath or wind or spirit. That's what the word actually means. And so you have every single example. I mean, I could do this all day, but I won't because we actually want to make it to lunch at some point. But you have this idea, like, think about when God created Adam out of the dust of the ground. He breathed in him the breath of life. Same word. Does that make sense? You have things like in Ezekiel's vision of the valley of the dry bones. He, the breath went into them and they were made alive again. And Jesus picks this up in John chapter three and says, just as the wind blows where it wishes and you don't know where it's coming from or where it's going to, so is everyone who is born of the spirit, right? So this idea of wind or breath. In this case, this room that they're in, all of a sudden there's this sound from heaven, the sound of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. So you have this idea of wind. Now in verse three, then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat of each one of them. Now obviously fire has a rich biblical history, speaking of the presence of God. You think of Moses at the burning bush. Remember that one? Where the bush was on fire, but it wasn't being consumed. Obviously a picture of the presence of God. You think of the children of Israel being led by the pillar of fire by night as they wandered through the wilderness. The idea of the refiner's fire. Now, what's really fascinating is that you all realize that our Bibles, there's some books between the Old and the New Testament. Scholars will call them intertestamental books. They're the books between the Old and the New Testament. There's a number of those books, not inspired text, but they are very fascinating. And in one of those books, in First Enoch, it actually depicts that God's heavenly court is surrounded by tongues of fire. So for a Jewish person, when they would read this, they'd be like, whoa, these guys having these divided tongues of fire lighting on them, that's a symbol of God's heavenly throne room. Wow. So you have this idea of a fire. And then in verse four, you have this idea of speech, right? And there were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, of course, in the Old Testament, the Spirit would come upon people and there would be these utterances, these prophetic utterances, things like Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 10, Eldad and Medad in Numbers 11, remember those guys? They weren't with the people who got filled with the Spirit, they were off in the camp, but it happened to them too. But now here you have this gift of tongues. Now, what's interesting is if you read the rest of Acts chapter 2, you find that these tongues that they were given, all these people gathered together and all the apostles are speaking in tongues and everybody's hearing them in their own heart language. Now, again, people will argue, well, no, no, tongues is actually a legitimate language that other people are hearing. Or people say, no, no, tongues is the language of the spirit. Right, a heavenly language, and people fight about that. And you know what the beauty is? We don't really know the answer to it. You don't know if in Acts 2 they were speaking in tongues and they actually were given languages that they didn't know, or if they were speaking in a heavenly language and the Holy Spirit interpreted it into the heart language of everyone who was there. We don't know the answer. But again, because this is such a controversial issue, people take a side and they fight for a side and they, and they get all mad and they miss the whole point of this whole thing. 
right? So the idea here is you have this outward manifestation. We want the spirit to work outward. Now, you know what's really fascinating about this? Listen to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. So important. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the othermost parts of the earth. You notice how outward the empowering of the Holy Spirit is? He says, look, you will receive power. You will be empowered when the Spirit comes upon you, and then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, which is where they were living, and in Judea, which is the farther out, and Samaria, which was farther out, and then to the ends of the earth. See, that is the perfect outline for the entire book of Acts. The Acts of the Apostles, it begins with the apostles in Jerusalem, and then they start spreading out into Judea, and they start spreading out into Samaria, and then the apostle Paul primarily goes to the ends of the earth. You notice how it's all outward? It's all outward. See, God wants his spirit not just to come and indwell you so that you have like this really cool spiritual experience, but that you would be his witnesses, that you and I would be his hands and feet, the people who declare who Jesus is in the world. And it begins right where we live. Our own Jerusalem for us right now would be Vancouver, Washington. Then Judea, which would be like Clark County, Washington. And then Samaria would be like all the Pacific Northwest. And then the ends of the earth is everywhere. But you got to ask yourself, are you letting God, by his spirit, Move your faith, not just to be a personal faith, but to allow you to be a vehicle for his love to reach the world. My friends, when Jesus said what the greatest in his kingdom was, what did he say? The servant of all. The spirit of God makes us servants of the most high God so that we could be his blessings into the world. So ask yourself, are you... Allowing, Have you allowed the spirit to have you that you might be his witness right here in Vancouver and in Clark County and the Pacific Northwest and to the ends of the earth? Like we have all these things that we're always doing here at Crossroads, like this boomerang project that we're doing to be able to raise funds for missions trips in Lebanon and Montana. The reason we want you to jump into that is because one, it's way more fun than posting your stuff up on Craigslist. You know what it's like when you post something up on Craigslist, right? You get a million emails, half the people don't show up, and the people who do are kind of awkward, you know? So you can do it that way if that's your gig, you know what I mean? But it's like, or you can just come and donate it, and you're going to bless people, right? Like we have our VBS coming. It's going to be the largest VBS we've ever done at Crossroads. We're doing it here in the sanctuary. Our goal is to have 1,200 kids here. Now, Listen. Praise God, you don't have to live with 1,200 kids for a whole week because you'd be fit for a straitjacket if that happens, right? But to have 1,200 kids here in the Crossroads Sanctuary. I mean, last year, we had, I think we had about 600 kids and I think we had almost 200 commitments to Christ. I mean, think about the impact that that gets to have. But what happens is, is we live in a world that says it's all about you and what you want. And we live in a world that says, even if I have the spirit, it's about me and my own personal spiritual life. Well, no, no, no. God has given us his spirit to move it outward. Will you allow the spirit of God to manifest himself through your life to be a witness every step of the way?
Because we need to let the spirit move outward. Now, you're like, okay, so we already took these four verses. Where are we going from here? I want to share with you, there's a number of scriptures. I'm going to share with you a number of scriptures in quick succession. But all this is under this umbrella, which is this. Let the spirit top you off. We need to not only let the Spirit have us, and we need to not only let the Spirit be ours, but we need to let the Spirit top us off. Like, top us off, what does this mean? What you have to realize, if you read your Bible, if you have a biblical understanding, if you do a search and a concordance on the Spirit in the Bible, or Google, you just Google Spirit in the Bible. I always wonder about Augustus Strong, who did the concordance. He did it all by hand. It took him years, all these piles, every word. I mean, if he would have known that Google was coming, man, he could have saved himself a ton of time, you know what I mean? But he was blessed because he did it, you know what I mean? He put in the labor for it, but it's like, it's amazing. You could just type Holy Spirit in the Bible, you'll get every place it shows up. Now, one of the problems that we have is that our understanding of how the Holy Spirit works is very challenging because the Holy Spirit is not a one-trick pony. Listen to what it says. I'm going to just give you a whole bunch of scriptures. John chapter 20, verses 21 and 22. It says, so Jesus said to them, this is Jesus after his crucifixion, before his ascension, all right? So he hasn't ascended into heaven yet. It says, Jesus said to them, peace to you as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So this is Jesus before his ascension. He breathes on him. He says, receive the Holy Spirit. Then we have Acts chapter two. Jesus has already ascended, right? And now you have them being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Then listen to Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So now you have them filled again in Acts chapter 4. Oh, yeah, and then Acts chapter 13, verse 52. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. You notice a little recurring theme here? That these guys, Jesus gives it to them before his ascension, then they have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then in Acts chapter 4 it happens again, Acts chapter 13 it happens again. I think that there's some truth that we need to grab out of it, and I think you really find it in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Now that word, be filled, in the Greek It's in the present continuous tense. What that means, you could translate it as be being filled, be filled over and over and over again. And because the Apostle Paul uses the bartender analogy, don't be drunk with wine and which is dissipation, I'm just driving that with let the Spirit top you off. Now, again, I don't know what the right words are. Some people say we need to let the Spirit stir within us, or we're getting filled again, or we sur- submit afresh to it. Whatever the words that you like, what I know is that this is not a one-time thing. This is something that keeps happening. Over, like, we want the Spirit of God to keep doing a fresh work in our lives. Every single moment of every single day. Don't miss this, because someone's bound to say, well, listen, so Fusco, you know, the reason I don't like the doctrine of the Holy Spirit is because it splits churches because it sets up two different classes of Christians. Those who are baptized in the Holy Spirit and those who are not. Listen, can I talk to that for a second? First, if you believe in Jesus, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Second, second, if you've never experienced 
some sort of outward manifestation, don't worry about it. Just keep following Jesus. It's like, again, Jesus doesn't say, the greatest of the kingdom is the person who speaks in tongues or the person, no, the greatest in the kingdom is the servant of all. So just keep serving Jesus and love people and you're gonna have to be more evidence than someone who has all these outward manifestations and is grumpy or judgmental. Does it make sense? We don't wanna drain out the gnat and swallow the camel. You know what I mean? And it's like, if you're like, I've never had that experience, don't worry, just keep following Jesus. Keep worshiping Jesus. Because the Spirit of God knows what he's doing. For some people, they have these creatures, some people don't. And it's all okay. But the key is, is are you saying, Holy Spirit, I want you to do a fresh work in my life. That's the key to it. Like, for some of us, if you can look back on the day and say, I was really on fire for Jesus then, you have to realize that God wants to do a fresh work in you right now. And don't miss the fact, it's actually, it's one of the weirdest places in the Bible. You ever read the beginning of Acts chapter 19? The Apostle Paul shows up in Ephesus, and there's some people who put their faith and trust in Jesus at the preaching of Apollos. And the Apostle Paul says to them, have you guys received the Holy Spirit? Like, we don't even know who the Holy Spirit is. And then he prays for them, and they get filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what, like, what do you do with that? You know what I mean? Like, if you have a biblical theology, you have to say, what does that mean? So they believe in Jesus, but they weren't filled with the Holy Spirit. So for me, it's not about timing. It happens when you get saved. The reality is we want all that God is for us by the Holy Spirit in our lives. There might be some of you, you believe in Jesus. It's not a question of you believe in Jesus, but you've never been empowered and equipped by the Holy Spirit in that unique way for ministry. But if we have a biblical theology and it's not all open and shut. It's kind of messy, but all of this is in there. I mean, I'm just reading scriptures. They look, it says this, it says this. And I think what we want to do is we always want to try and make the Holy Spirit into a nice little box. And I always say, if you can put your God in a box, then don't worship him because he's not God. You know, God, like you can't put God in a box. But if we have a biblical theology, you start to say to yourself, well, what does all this mean? And for us, I would say, we need to be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you allowing the Spirit of God to do something fresh in you right now? Not yesterday, not last week, not last year, not last decade, but right here, right now. Are you saying, Holy Spirit, top me off. Do a fresh work in me right here, right now. Because what God wants to do is he wants us to experience him this side of eternity. God wants you to experience him, and we use the scriptures to hem us in. So we need to let the spirit have us, right? We need to let the spirit work outward. We need to let the spirit top us off. And then I would be remiss if I didn't say we need to let the spirit bestow gifts, We need to let the Spirit bestow gifts. Now, I get that from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 to 14. Very, I'm not, I don't have time to go through all of this. But what you have to realize is that there's these three chapters. And you get a number of the explanations of the gifts of the Spirit. Obviously, it's in the book of Acts. It comes, you get a section in Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12 to 14. Shows up in lots of different places in your Bible, but... 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 is important because it is an extended discussion. 
Now, in these three chapters, what you need to realize is this. 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, it discusses the specific gifts. And then specifically, it talks about prophecy and the gift of tongues and their interpretations, right? But 1 Corinthians 13 is about what? Love. It's a classic love chapter. And I think that this is super important because when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it is all about Jesus. The Spirit's job is to point people to Jesus, and Jesus is love personified. So the work of the Spirit, it's all about love, and love is displayed through the gifts. Like I like to say, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, it's like the bread, and 1 Corinthians 13 is the meat. So it's like a sandwich. And listen, nobody ever said, I really want a rye sandwich. No, you say, I want a pastrami and corned beef on rye. It's about the meat makes the sandwich. The bread is just a vehicle to get the meat in your face. Does it make sense? Like, nobody's ever like, oh, man, this rye, I just want a rye sandwich. Like, no, no, you want something on the rye. And in some ways, it's the perfect analogy because 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, the actual specific gifts that the Spirit bestows, that's just a vehicle to get Jesus and his love because Jesus is the personification of love. Because greater love is no other than this than a man laid down his life for his friends, right? So the gifts of the Spirit are God's way of getting who Jesus is and specifically his love into the world. Now you gotta ask yourself, are you available for the Spirit of God and his gifts to work through your life? Because what's important is this, because it says in the First Corinthians 12 that there is a diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. See, what happens is, is everybody wants to pigeonhole the spirit. Like, oh, you'll know you're baptized because you speak in tongues. Not necessarily. Because if you believe in Jesus and the spirit of God is in you, the potential for all the gifts is within you. It's a question, again, if the spirit has us, At any given time, the Spirit can pull out any one of his gifts because he's got them all at his disposal at any time dwelling within you already. But what we end up doing is we look at somebody else and we say, why aren't I like them and I want to be like them? And I mean, their experience was this. Forget judging yourself by someone else's experience. Be who God created you uniquely to be. Because there's a diversity of gifts but there is the same spirit. And the Holy Spirit doesn't want to make a carbon copy of you. He wants to make a carbon copy of Jesus through each one of us. Amen? But are you available to receive the gifts of the Spirit? How do you receive a gift? You simply put your hands out. Right, like if I came in with a little box and it's all nice and little bow on it, and I say, "Hey, I got this for you. Thank you very much." That's how you receive a gift with hands open. And in a lot of ways, my friends, if you want to be a- equipped and empowered as a child of God, we need to have hearts that are wide open. Jesus is. We receive spiritual gifts from our Creator that can be used to serve and support others. But have we really looked into one of the greatest gifts He's given us? The Holy Spirit came upon the followers of Jesus after He left them to return to heaven. And today, we have access to this same Spirit. 
Pastor Daniel shared with us today how beneficial this relationship is, and though difficult to understand, is one we should study often. Jesus is Real Radio is the radio ministry of Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. The messages that you hear each day here on Jesus is Real Radio were produced from messages that Pastor Daniel shared on Sunday mornings and the midweek study. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel Fusco here. I'm the lead pastor of Crossroads Community Church. I love that God invites all of us to be a part of His family, and I wanted to invite you to be a part of my family of faith. In Vancouver, services on Sundays at 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 1 p.m., or in Southwest Portland, our service on Sundays at 10 a.m., as well as midweek services Wednesday at 7 p.m. at both campuses. We would love to have you join us, and if you're at a distance, check us out on our internet campus, crossroadslive.tv. I look forward to seeing you soon. Join us again here on Jesus is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel shares the good and bad of work. The Bible encourages us to work, but are we as a society taking it too far? Pastor Daniel talks with us about how work can become more important in our lives than so much else and is many times making us miserable. This message will challenge our priorities and examine where we're fitting God into our occupations. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series, Field Notes. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.